life. Matthew 21, 13, and he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Jesus said the house of God is a prayer house. You are the house of God. If you're saved, you're a prayer house. We are the house of God. If we're a a New Testament church, we're a prayer house. What happens here? We communicate with God. We make connection. Stuff happens when we do. Man, if, if, listen, if someone tries to communicate with God and nothing happens as a result, I can't call that prayer. I don't see how that's prayer in the Bible at all. Man, I sure got quiet on that. I've been praying for years and nothing's happening. It's time to throw that out and start over because we need a whole new revelation of what God thinks of when, we, when he uses that word prayer in Scripture. All right. Now, we, we've talked to you some uh, last week and, and in previous uh, parts of this series about how the fact that the Lord wants you and I to get what we want. I mean, those very promises are right there in Scripture. Not just that you'll get what He wants, but He said you'll have whatever you want. Whatever, whatever you ask, you get. And I think it would be important to see, because I like to look at as you know, all scriptures, not all in every series, but I look at the whole counsel of God and, and, and try to, uh, um, you know, have an understanding of all different aspects and approaches to a subject. I recognize this, that when the Lord talks to us about getting whatever we want when we pray, the goal there is not to produce a selfish life. The goal is not to say, hey, it's all about you, all right? But yet, I don't want to water down those words to any degree and say, well, all doesn't mean all. No, all does mean all. Uh, it, it, those are his words, all right? Every all, they're, they're, uh, they're absolute words that I want to continue to keep in my vocabulary as well. But I understand that my getting what I want the will of God, totally is the will of God, that is in the context of the bigger picture, and I think we should all see this concerning our own lives, the bigger picture is a life submitted to God. The bigger picture is that we are looking to Him. We want what He wants in general. I I, I don't know know if that, that makes sense. If we're not living a submitted life to the Lord, we're not honoring Him as being God, we're not replacing Him with ourselves, Um, uh, we're going to be getting what we want. But how many know what we want is not, I'm driving down the road, I see some idiot driving a, I mean, some bad person, I mean, some nice person in a not-so-good way, uh, drive wrong, and I flatten his tires. You know, I'm using my spiritual power. You know, I mean, if I get whatever I want, if I'm using those scriptures and, and I just say, whatever I want, well, what if what I want is really off-based? You, you see, the context is in a relationship with God, not me praying to get people back. Now, they do, they've done me wrong. Lord, get them. You know what I'm saying? That's not the type of prayer we're looking at. Go with me, if you would, to the book of James, 
chapter 4. James chapter 4. And notice what he was saying over here. James was a pastor. And so he was living with the people. And he was among them and around them and aware of what was going on. As opposed to the traveling person that kind of blows in, blows out. And they don't know what issues people are dealing with necessarily. Uh, James chapter 1, or chapter 4, excuse me, verse 1. This is what he says to his his church, which honestly a bunch of them were backslidden. They were fleshly, they were carnal as the day is long. Verse 1, he said, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? What's going on? They're fighting, they're battling each other. They're at odds with one another. He said, why is that the case? He said, because you are just living out of your pleasure, your desires for your, uh, for your natural things to be uh, fulfilled. He said, they come from that war, these things war in your members. That's your physical members. You lust and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. What's their goal? They're just trying to get stuff. He said, you fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. And so their focus was not at all to live for God and to do the will of God and to be a blessing everywhere they went. Their focus became totally self-centered, so much so that they were fighting with one another, which should never be the case. I mean, a church that would fight within itself, I mean, how ungodly is that? I mean, that's just so ungodly. He said, but that's what you guys are doing, and you want stuff, and you're not getting it. And if you stop fighting each other and just ask, you'd get it. But then, but then he addressed, but some of you are asking, but you still got the wrong heart about all this. Now, uh, I, when I read this, I recognize this. I step back and I say, is, is the Lord, by inspiring James to write this letter, is he trying to get things to people or keep them away from people? Is he trying to leave his people with less stuff or get them more stuff? Some of you are not, not sure how to, how, how to answer that. Come on now. Go back to the heart of God. Go back to the all-inclusive promises of prayer. You get whatever you want. What this instruction is, is because it wasn't working for them. And the Lord is telling them how to get it working again. The Lord is not trying to keep stuff away from people. He's trying to help them get it. But he, doesn't, he knows it doesn't work when they're in this mindset. They have it in the context of this living out of their fleshly desires. They're just carnal. They don't care about the will of God. They're, they're the kind of people that would pray to hurt others. Amen. And so uh, he wanted them to get their focus back on him. You know, submit yourself therefore to God. You read the context. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. You can see all these things are, are, are there. But, you know, there are certain types of prayer that are designed to be prayed by the person who is receiving the answer to the prayer. In other words, you pray for you. You recall uh, last week, Mark eleven twenty four. Whatever, whatsoever things you desire when 
you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. There's a whole lot of you in there. Well, what does that mean? That's not necessarily referencing me praying for someone else. Or me getting someone else to have what I want them to have. It is talking about me praying for me. My prayers for my life. Now, I, here, here's the thing about that. I can control what's happening in my life. My own desires, my motives, my faith, my believing. I can feed myself good, think, good words from God. And I can keep my, my uh, person, my being in the right place. Uh, and I can receive my, my prayers answered. I can believe I receive. And then it's done. It's just, uh, that's all there is to it. When praying for others, how many know sometimes that's a different animal? Because our prayers are not designed to manipulate the will of other people. It's not, I'm going to pray for you and you're going to get what I want you to have and you're going to do what I want you to do uh, because I want you to and and God's on my side and and this is going to happen. It just doesn't work that way. Uh, Again, there there are different types of prayer. For example, uh, a prayer of agreement. How many know a prayer of agreement needs at least two people? two or more, and if, if it's going to be effective, the two or more people have to agree on the outcome, on the request, and that God hears and does it when they pray. If there's a lack of agreement, that prayer doesn't work. But that is because there's more than one person. You know, I could, try, I could pick up this podium here. I could pick it up, but if I had someone else to pick up the other side, that would be easier. And then we could carry it, we could, we could move it. And sometimes when you, when you pray with other people, it's easier. But they have to be, you know, what if I have another person over there and I'm picking it up and they're pushing it down? I don't understand why this prayer isn't working. Why aren't things changing? Well, you need to get a different prayer partner. <laughs> you know, or you just need to have a conversation and say, what actually are we praying for here? <laughs> Seems like I'm trying to move this way and you're trying to do something else. And we've got to be on the same page. See, when there's more than one person involved, there's more than one will. There's more than one uh, person's faith, their belief, their revelation of God. And you get on the same page, man, you can do powerful stuff that you can't do alone. I mean, you can d- get great things accomplished. Um, but I, I've, I've discovered sometimes with individuals, if I can get them to at least not have their brakes on, they can be helped. I, sometimes individuals come to church, and you may have come this in here today, and you may have been drug in, you know, drug problem, and uh, someone drug you to church. And, uh, you know, if you, were, if you were a car, and you enter an automatic transmission, you're in park. <laughs> and you came in, and just kind <clears> of, <throat> now you don't have to raise your hand or groan or anything like that, but uh, other people are in drive. There's a bunch of us in drive. We've got our foot pedal to the metal. I mean, we're going for it. It's like, Lord, give me everything you have. Give me everything, everything you want to do. I'm all in. I'm all. If I can get some individuals, if, I mean, maybe you came in in park or even in reverse. Like, I already hate this. And you're looking for an excuse to not like something. So when you leave, <laughs> you can say, I'm not going back and this is why. Right. If you, it's sometimes if people will just get into neutral, you'll find that God will work in your life. Amen. Things will change in your body. Partly is because you're surrounded by a bunch of people in drive. And, and their relationship with God, their faith, their connection will actually put uh, uh, 
things into motion to where you'll get stuff that you don't even believe yet. I've seen people walk out. People have come to me at the door of church before saying, telling me how stuff had disappeared in their body, growths and problems, and they tell me as they're walking out, I still don't believe it. <laughs> Literally. I mean, it, well, obviously, it wasn't their faith. But they were in an atmosphere. At least they were open, had a little bit of, of an open mind to things, and God was able to get in and do, thing, do stuff. Yeah, but you'll find this about the Lord, and it really should be about us, but he, he doesn't force people into things. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. The devil will try to intimidate and force and put fear and get people to act that way. The Lord, is a, he's a shepherd. He will lead. He will say, come. He'll say, come this way, and good things will, will, will result. Amen? I think we should always make sure when it comes to God, ideally we're in drive, we're going forward, but at minimum, at minimum, have an open mind where we're in neutral and we can be moved. Now, here's the thing, though, about prayer. I can control, based on my understanding, my revelation of God, my relationship with Him, my knowledge of His Word, I can control my own prayer life. And really, it can be as powerful and effective as I will be open to it being. All right? With someone else, that's different. With someone else, when I'm praying for someone else, their will is involved, their life is involved. And so, for example, how would you pray for a lost person, Some, a friend, family, co-worker, neighbor that doesn't know the Lord, they're not saved yet? Uh, how would you pray for them? Because how many know you can't necessarily make them get saved? I'm going to pray, and they're going to whether they want it or not. They're, they're going to bow their knee to Jesus. No, they're not. They're going to do that by their own choice or they're not going to do it. Because God's not going to force them, not until the end at judgment. All right? Uh, that he's not, not going to be forced. So what we do is our prayers concerning a person in that regard is basically giving them opportunity. We're setting up an environment. We're setting up the situation where they're going to have a chance to say yes and it's going to be real, it's going to look real good. I think of I think of it. You're walking you're walking down the aisle at the fair, and all these smells are coming your way. And one of them is you know they're cooking onions over here, and, uh, and that's a strong smell. Mm, you know, and they're cooking donuts over here, <laughs> and uh, corn dogs over in that corner they're cooking, and uh, and that smells coming. Now are they? Are they making you eat their food and spend your money? No, but they're giving you an opportunity, aren't they? <laughs> they're trying to get those smells out there. And why? So you will take a look and say, hey, I think I might want to get one of these. When we pray for, for individuals who are not saved, you can't make them get saved, but you can pray and the Lord will set up the environment. He'll send a person into their life to talk to them. They'll hear it on the radio. They'll see it on the billboard. All these things will be going. There'll be spiritual activity all around them. Then they will, hmm. But they'll have to make their choice. And they may say yes, and they may say no. If they say yes, you're done praying. What happens if they say no? We do it again. See, this is the kind of prayer where you may pray again and again and again. Not because it didn't work the first time. It did work, but they didn't say yes. 
They didn't respond appropriately. So you pray again. Lord, send laborers across their path. You do 2 Corinthians 4 and verse, uh, chapter 4 and verse 4. I command the blinders to be remo- removed from their eyes in Jesus' name. And I thank you that the Spirit of God brings remembrance to their, to, uh, brings to their remembrance scriptures and the word they've heard in the past. And you're surrounding them and God's sending people and messages are coming. They're thinking about it during the night. Uh, they can't get away from it. How many know if you stay with it, they're going to have a long life until they get ready to receive Jesus? Because <laughs> it's going to be hitting them at all sides. But that's what our job is in prayer. We're not, we're, we're not forcing anyone into doing anything, but we are praying effectively what we can pray, what we can do. Amen? And so I think we should, we should keep these things in mind when it comes to other people. We want to help them to receive the things that God has done for them, all right? Now, one of the uh, problems, the pitfalls, if you will, that people fall into when, uh, when praying is they'll do really well. They'll learn the principles, the practice. They know they have access to the Father. They know they can go into the throne of God by His grace, and, and so they do that. And they, maybe with others, maybe by themselves, but they pray. They, they pray a good prayer. You know, good to the last drop. <laughs> uh, they, 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 pray, they, pray, no, they pray a good, spirit-filled, faith-filled, powerful prayer for five minutes. And then they get up and they go back to worrying about their problem for 23 hours and 55 minutes. And they say, I don't understand. I prayed a really good prayer. I, it was in the Word. Gave, I used the Word. I prayed in faith. You did. It's a great prayer. But which, which is going to affect the outcome? Just that five-minute prayer or the 23 hours and 55 minutes of unbelief? The 20, uh, you know, where, where we, we go from speaking the answer to the Father and thank you, Lord, I believe it's done, to talking about the problem the rest of the day and acting like it still exists. And people fall into this trap of worrying about stuff. They're anxious about it. They're They've got all this anxiety about their situation, and yet if you say, well, well, did you pray about it? Yes, but then they went back, went back to that, that worrisome condition. Everybody okay? I don't know if, if, I'm, if I'm talking about anything that anyone can relate to, but I'm just kind of playing the odds, and I'm going to say, um, yes, we can. And many, many good prayers have been undermined. By the allowance of, of continual worry and anxiety to exist in our hearts. Let me give you some verses along these lines. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 7 reads this way. Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. What are we supposed to do with our cares? Cast them on him. Somebody said, well, take care. No, thank you. <laughs> we're not supposed to care. In fact, we're supposed to get rid of cares. Well, don't you care? Not a bit. <laughs> Zero. Now, here's what that means. Here's, here's the amplified version. It, it reads, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, on Him. For he cares for you affectionately and cares for you watchfully. 
What are we supposed to do? All of our anxiety, all of our fear and concern and all that nonsense, we're supposed to cast it over onto Him. Amen. Amen. Now, if you cast it on Him, who has it? Well, He does. And if He does, you don't. But if you have it, you know that He doesn't have it. And what we try, what we often do is we go back and forth. That's called wavering in Scripture. He's got it and we got it. And he got it and we got it. We say he has it, but then we really have it. Amen. Amen. Let me me do this. Uh, Brandon. Here, why why don't you go ahead and take this. Take this Bible and take it back to your seat. Go ahead. Just just go ahead and take it. I'm giving it to you. I'm just, uh, I'm I'm just going to give you this. So go ahead. And uh, just take it back to your seat, and I believe, I believe in your ability, and <laughs> I believe you're, you're, you know, you're capable, you're strong, uh, Brandon, you're all that. Here you go. I'm casting it over onto you. <laughs> all right, thanks. You know, we do that sometimes. We say we're giving something to love and cast it on the Lord, but we don't ever actually let go of it. And we pray a good faith and we pray, we say good words and we believe we receive, or we, at least we say we do. And we give something over to the Lord. How many know when you give something to Him, you don't have it anymore? And part of praying is taking a problem, a situation, and rolling that over onto the Lord. You're taking the situation, taking the problem, and you're saying, I'm giving this problem that I have. Because I am incapable of handling it, financing it, healing it, dealing, I, I'm unable to do it on my own. Therefore, I'm going to take this and I'm going to give it to you. And I believe that because you have it, it's done. It's settled. It's finished. It's over. And if that literally is what we do, we are laughing. But do we go grab it back? Amen. Lord, Lord, I, I just give that to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I got some things to do today, so I'm going to uh, just uh, get on my way. And we pick it up again and go back to doing life. You see, there's a verse over here in uh, Psalm 37. Psalm 37 in verse 5 reads this way. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. Think about it. We want the end part, don't we? We want the, he shall bring it to pass. I want that. I love that. He brings it to pass. What's the prerequisite to that? I commit my way to the Lord. I trust also in him. I've got to turn it over. I've got to give it over to him fully. Uh, The Greek, the literal translation, one translation reads, roll thy way upon the Lord. It's on me, but I'm rolling it over onto him. Once I roll it over onto him, who has it? He has it. And if that's the case, he brings it to pass. What would be a reason for him not bringing it to pass? He doesn't have it. How can he do with something with what he doesn't have? Remember, he respects 
and honors your will. He honors your faith. He will... He gives us the right to hold on to things, let go of stuff, to believe, to not believe. He honors that in us. Okay? And so there's got to be something going on in us where we literally turn it over to Him. Now, some people say, they may they pray prayers like this. Lord, just, just lighten the load. Just uh, <laughs> help, me, help me to bear this. Help me to handle this. No, uh, that's not what He wants. He doesn't want to lighten it for you. He wants to take it all off of you. He wants to take it all off of your shoulders so you don't have to worry about it at all. We've got to let loose before he actually has it and can do something about it. Now, we realize this. I think we should be aware of this. Sometimes individuals say they want help, healing, deliverance, freedom, answer, victory, all this kind of stuff from the Lord, but sometimes they don't. Why do they not? Well, because then they won't have anything to talk about. And because that's all they do talk about. Woe is me. And it's been hard and it's difficult. And every conversation and every social media post and every, everything has to do with how hard it is. Well, my kids never come by to see me anymore. And... <laughs> Or I got this bill, I got this problem. Their, their life, seriously, I don't mean to make fun of that, but it's a problem. When someone's life revolves around the problem and then they're going to supposedly pray for the Lord to help them. That's not a real prayer, man. You praying for the Lord to help you, you won't, you know, it, some don't really want freedom because it removes all the attention they get. And people come and help them and say, oh, you're struggling. I'm, I'm there for you. I'm praying for you. And, and that's all these prayers to no avail. I don't believe in pray, praying to no avail. Because that undermines the next one. So again, I, I don't want to have that mindset. If there's something I, a problem that I have and I gain attention or financial resource from it or something, I'm not going to be praying about that. I've got to be willing and ready to turn that thing over to the Lord. All right. Now, would you look at Matthew 6? Matthew chapter 6. Now, now how many recognize, uh, parenthetical thought here, that over the last several months, if you've been coming for several months at least, you'll notice I don't put all the verses up on the screen anymore. I only put certain ones up there. And sometimes I just put the reference. Do you know why that is? I believe, this is, it's all intentional. It's a guy after first service told me I thought they were messing up in the back. He said, I need to ask them to forgive me. <laughs> I believe there is great value in you being vested into what we're doing here. Church is not performance. Church is not enter. This is us digging learning, growing, seeking after God, hearing His voice. I think that you, are, you will benefit highly by having your own Bible, whether it's electronic or the kind that Paul and Jesus and I used. Uh, uh, <laughs> but you will have, when you know things and you read it for yourself and you put your own energy and effort into it, you'll be better off. And it shows something if you're willing to do that. All right? You're new. If you're new, you don't know this. 
there's no expectations. You look on the screen and listen real good. But I'm thinking long term. I want to produce people who are knowledgeable of what God said. Huh? Not just what, you know, they said on the news and not just what's in the media and not what the Kardashians said and, and you know, not what O'Reilly said. And, and what did Jesus say? And if you don't know, well, these other voices are not going to help you in a time of trouble. When the storm comes rolling past your life, when the wind pounds and the rain beats on you, and uh, you need to thus saith the Lord. You need to know what the, what the Lord says. And if you've never opened your Bible except, you know, maybe never, then that's more difficult. Everybody okay? Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Jesus said here, verse 25, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. What should you not do? Don't worry. That's the word of the Lord there. That's just not, we're just not making something up. Jesus said, do not worry. And someone said, well, you have to worry. I've got problems. I've got things going on. I have to worry about stuff. No, the Lord disagrees. And he told us very straight, very clear. He said, don't do that. Don't you worry about your life. What you're going to eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? That means in our language, you're not going to grow an inch by worrying about it. Man, I'd sure like to be taller. (laughs) Why don't you worry about that all day long? See how that works out for you. <laughs> He's basically saying worry does not produce anything positive. It does not help at all. It will not produce anything good. In fact, the opposite is the, is the reality. Many have noted and studied by observation that people who are full of worry and anxiety have many, many more health problems. Many people have diseases and so forth in their body, and it is the result of this very principle. They, they carry stuff. It doesn't mean they're bad people. Sometimes they really, you know, they might be selfless in that regard. They're concerned about others, but still, they're worrying about things. They, they go to bed worrying about stuff all day long. And, you know, I know individuals that they think, basically, if they don't worry about you, then that's, in essence, they don't love you. But here's the truth, all right? If you love someone, you won't, if you know this, you're going to resist worrying about them because worrying doesn't help. Worrying doesn't produce anything positive ever. If anything, what it does is it does the opposite. It makes bad situations worse. You know, for the people you really love, your, you know, your kids, you know, your, your family, you know, your parents, you, whatever, you people you really love, you know what you can do for them is believe is pray faith prayers, believing prayers, that God would get involved and send some smells across their pathway, something that would draw them in to do His will. But we've got to be praying in faith for it to be effective, not worrying about them and think, well, I really care about them, so that'll do the trick. No, cast that care. Roll it over onto the Lord. Say, I'm not going to hold that anymore. Amen. How can someone recognize if they're allowing this anxiety and worry to flood their heart? Sometimes you can see it simply by 
uh, your sleep patterns if you can't sleep at night for thinking about it. Every night you go to bed and it's just wait, waiting on you. That doesn't mean you're a bad person, but you're not in faith. We need to get to a place where we say, no, I'm going to roll that over on the Lord and rest. When you rest, you know it's His. When you rest and stop worrying about then, then you know He's got it and now it's in good hands. Now it's being changed already right while, while you sleep. You know, you get a sick feeling in your stomach every time you think about the situation. Well, that means, that means you still have it. And he doesn't have it. You're constantly checking up on the situation. Every, every few minutes, got to check up. Got to check up. Got to see if anything's happened. Got to see if anything's changed. How many know that's different than living by faith? If we live by faith, we do not live by sight. We're not moved by the externals. We're not moved by everything, everything we see and feel. But we're saying, we're going back to the Word and saying, no, I rolled that over on the Lord. I committed my way to Him. He's bringing it to pass. And someone sees you say, hey, what about that problem you, you, you were having? How's that going? Uh, it's all taken care of. Well, really? I mean, it's all gone? Well, I, don't, I actually haven't checked on it, but I turned it over to the Lord. So we're good. Yeah. I guess I'll check on it whenever, you know, and I'll, but it's, I'm okay now because I, I gave it over to him. He's really strong. He's really capable. He's really powerful. And he really loves me, so we're good. We're good. Everything's going to be fine. Amen. Here's another verse. I really love this one. It's Philippians chapter 4. You don't need to turn there unless you're highly spiritual. No, I'm just kidding. We'll put this up on the screen. Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for... What's that word? Nothing. Nothing? Is that even possible? We're, we're instructed. Be anxious. For, that's a command. For nada. But in everything, nothing and everything. I like those extremes. Nothing, everything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. He's basically saying, don't worry about it, pray about it. And if you pray about it, you no longer have to worry about it. But if you're worrying about it, you're not praying about it. But both of them can't exist at the same time. No worry prayers. I prayed and I'm worrying. I'm worrying and I'm praying. Do one or the other and be all in. I'm going to worry myself into the grave. Or I'm going to pray about it and live in peace and, and allow God access to this situation. Let his hand work in my life and in my family's life. And come on now, we need that kind of praying going on. We need praying that has a smile at the end of it. And eight hours later, it's still smiling. Why? Well, I gave that over to the Lord. So he's been doing, he's, he's had at least eight hours now. We're good. I mean, this situation's turning around. Thank you, Lord. And so worry basically is one of those forces that nullifies prayers. Um, uh, it, it's a, it, it counters faith. And, and so we want to get over into this place where we pray a good, solid, word-based prayer. And it's done in faith. It's done with thanksgiving. And then we let it go. 
Am I saying thoughts won't come back? Thoughts of worry? Thoughts of concern? Listen, let's live in the real world. I can tell you many times those thoughts come back. Many times those worries try to reattach themselves to our lives. Those anxious feelings come once again. But we've got to respond appropriately. What do we do? We recognize it and say, oh, no, nope, 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 I'm not going there. I'm not going back into that, not falling for that trap. Lord, I've rolled this over on you. I've committed my way to you. You are bringing it to pass, and you've got to get right back into that faith mode. Say, Lord, you're bringing it to pass. Thank you, Lord, you're turning it around. Thank you, Lord, you're at work in me, willing to do of your good pleasure. Thank you, you're working on this person. You're working in this situation. I give you all the praise and glory, and you keep your mouth going until your mind listens. Huh? You keep it going. Sometimes you have to keep it going for a while. And you keep it going, keep it going. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And, and, uh, and you pray, pray, pray. Thanks, gang. Thanks, thanks, thanks. A lot of our prayer is just thanksgiving. It, it's worship. We keep that going till our mind aligns. And what if I stop and those thoughts come back? <laughs> Say, thank you, Lord. I'm not listening to that. I believe. You, you, you stay on this long enough and you'll be, it'll be done. It won't be a battle within you anymore. It starts with a decision, though, and it starts with us really praying this type of prayer. We pray a prayer of faith, and we say, and Lord, thank you that it's done. And in doing so, we're rolling it over on Him. Amen. I'm going to pray now. All right, you ready? But here's the deal. I'm just kind of praying in the background. Because I want to give an opportunity. I don't want you to walk out of here and you didn't do anything. If you have situations, and I realize not everyone does, but that's fine. You can just... Give him thanks and praise. But you have situations you've been dealing with or people in your life and, man, it's been stressing you out. It's been giving you a lot of anxiety and worry. Maybe you take a moment today and you turn that over back over to him. Cast it. You know, like you cast a stone. Cast it away from you and onto him. And he brings it to pass. Father, thank you today for what you're doing in our lives, what you're doing in our midst, what you're doing to help us to overcome and live in your rest. We believe in you, your promises, your faithfulness, what you said you would do. Have you not said it? Shall you not do it? Thank you, Lord. Lord, we cast all of our cares and anxieties and worries over on you today. We refuse to let those things dominate our lives, our hearts, our minds. We roll our way over onto you and you bring it to pass. Lord, we trust you for these situations we've asked you about, we've prayed about. We believe we receive the very thing we've asked. And we believe that it's done today. And we give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor that's due your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Ha, ha, ha. Lord, we rejoice and we are glad. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. In Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. Amen. For individuals, you've been having lower back pain, problems. If you'll lay your hand right on your lower back right now as I pray, God's power will go right into you. And it'll set you free. And it'll cause everything to align. And everything to be made well and perfect.
in the name of Jesus, I command that pain and that discomfort and that injury. I command that back, those backs. Be healed now in Jesus' name. Everything comes into alignment. Everything works perfect. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for touching their bodies. Hallelujah, Lord. We just gave that one over to you. Hallelujah. And you bring it to pass. Thank you for working in them today. In Jesus' precious name. And if you've been having heartburn or a esophagus issue thing right there in the middle of your chest, you just lay your hands on yourself. In Jesus' name, God's power goes right into you. Thank you, Lord, for, for showing us that. I command that pain and that problem to leave those bodies now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And all, all, all works fine. Everything works fine now. Thank you, Lord. Not our might, not our power, but by your spirit. It is all done. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say some more things too. Uh, so, someone with, with hearing issues, hearing problems, you just lay your hands on yourself there. And in Jesus' name, your ears open up. The ringing stops. And the pain leaves you and the problems go. In the name of Jesus, open up. Be healed in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Man stood right over here just a couple weeks ago. Couldn't hear out of one ear. Opened instantly as we laid hands on him there. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we're trusting you today, and I thank you. You show us the way. Without you, we can do nothing. Lord, but with you, all things are possible to us who believe. So thank you for healing bodies, for making things right, turning lives around. Thank you, Lord. Man, good things are happening. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for how you're working in us today give you all the praise, all the glory. Amen. People have other issues in their in their body. Our healing teams are going to be down here in just a minute for after the service. You can, they can pray with you about anything and they're good at what they do. They know how to make contact with God. Amen. How many how many already today by uplifted hand you, you, you would be able to you would say, you know something I can already feel and identify a change that took place in one of those areas in my body today. Lift up your hand if that's you. All right, all over the place. See, and I knew that was happening. And the, the Spirit of God is faithful. Amen. Isn't God good? Man, just interrupt our service just like that to do good things. 